This list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, this list sucks, it sucks. Hey, it sucks, but sometimes it doesn't, and there is a pretty good week this week. Yeah. Yeah, in terms of the, the selections. It's exciting. We have to give it to them credit where credit's due. Yeah, you know, and and it's exciting when we get to weeks where it's just where there's a lot of good music to listen to. It's a pleasure to listen to each album. Yeah, this it is did, one of those. It doesn't ever feel like work. Exactly. Yeah. Speaking of not working, um, we haven't <laughs> been around for a couple of weeks, but that's because we've been we've been not working. So yeah, we've it, been real busy. Yeah, super busy, but. Um, now I think we're gonna get back to work for a little bit before. I think we we're get fairly in the again. clear. Yeah, there's yeah. you know there's one roadblock coming up. Yeah. at the end of this month, but then after that, I think we're pretty free and clear again. Maybe. Speaking of which, have you seen anything about tickets for that yet? No. They're paper tickets, right? Um, I have electronic tickets for that. Oh, okay. and for those unaware, we're talking about. The fish Halloween shows. At the the only reason was because I haven't even been thinking about the fact that today was October 1st. Yeah. It still feels like summer to me. I know. Which it's is, still hot outside in, which, in Iowa. Yeah, but it's still, it's stupid though, because my brain is like, man, this has been the best summer and it, and it's so much more to come, but yeah. it's not summer anymore. No, it went by super fast. It did. I it mean, went, as per usual. Um, but today in the mail, I got tickets for the Gwen Stefani show that we're Did going ya? to before the fish run nice. out in Vegas. Yeah. There you go. And so it was one of those reminders where it was like, oh man, this is only like, this is not that far away now. You know what I mean? We're only a few weeks away no. from. It's going to be here before we know. Vegas. Yeah. For sure. And Halloween fish. Man, that's super exciting. Yep. I agree. And uh, yeah, it's going to be right here. So. Mm-hmm. But we get a couple weeks where we're going to be on schedule for the most part. Yes. You know, at least it'll absolutely. be at some point in the weekend. Some point in the weekend. Um, have you listened to any new music? What I, have you been listening to when you travel? Because I got to imagine you're like, I mean, when I travel, it's like headphones go on. I listen to a ton of stuff. Yeah. Like, do you do the same Same thing? for me. Uh, I did. So when I was going to see, I went to see the Dead and Company at Wrigley Field a couple weeks ago, which is... So a couple of the members of the Grateful Dead, a couple mm-hmm. of the Survivor members, uh, with John Mayer on the guitar and Odile Burbridge on the on bass, and a guy named Jeff Cimenti on the keyboards. Uh, but other than that, it's all the original members of Grateful Dead. Yeah. And so I spent a little bit of time because I hadn't listened to any of them at all, uh, listening to like several of their shows for the summer to just kind of get prepped for that, to mm-hmm. listen to to that for a little while. Yep. And otherwise, I've been kind of listening ahead. I mean, some of the stuff coming up for the for on the list like next week is really long so that's why i started listening to that like there's a record that's well over two hours yeah (laughs) you know yeah uh so i've been doing a little bit of that and yeah i listened to a little bit of new music today there was an album released that was a collaboration between lady gaga and tony bennett did you do that i listened to one of the songs and it was great it was really really good the only reason i didn't listen to the rest was because i don't know if it was just not uploaded yet on Spotify, but I couldn't find the full album yet this morning at like seven thirty. So mm. I'm sure it's there now. I've, I've yeah. had I've seen that happen a couple of times where a, it takes a, record, a little yeah. bit, yeah, for the whole album to come up. I saw that I saw that that dropped today, but I didn't listen to it because I also saw that Ministry dropped a new album, and I'm a huge sucker for Ministry when it's Ministry done well, and this is pretty well done. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. what album is that for them? Do you know? Um, the number. Yeah. Jesus, I have no. No, I have no clue. Yeah. 
Because I'm sure that they've released a ton of albums between when I kind of just stopped listening and dropped off of listening to Ministry and this one that came out today. Yeah, because I'm thinking it has to be quite a few. Yeah. It has to be over 10 at this point, I would believe. Definitely. Um, But the name of this new one, what the hell is the name of this new album? Uh, (laughs) Moral Hygiene is the name of this. Moral Hygiene? Yeah. And, um, And, I mean, if you're into ministry... You'll really dig it if you're into ministry, and I'm not and seeing like that on the ministry. Metacritic website. I don't know. Shocking, because yeah. <laughs> Metacritic wasn't going to waste their time with a fucking ministry album. That's really? why. Mm. <laughs> but it's the new Brandy Carlisle record came out today. Are you going to check that out? Um, should I check that out? I don't know that I'm like intimately familiar with most of her stuff. To tell you the truth, but what I've heard from her, I like. Mm. Um. Guest appearance from Lucius, it says, and I like Ooh. them. They're really good. Yep. I don't know yep. if you're familiar. Uh, new new Neil Young live record was released today. Carnegie Hall, 1970. Oh, I would fuck. Really? Wow. Yeah. I would do, yeah, I would absolutely do Neil Young live from 1970. I thought you were going to say from 19, like 2019, and I would have been yeah, like, Yeah, last year. Mm, yeah. I'm going to fucking hard pass that. Holy shit. There, uh, this is from last week, but on September 24th, there was a new... Angels and Airwaves album released. I didn't realize they were still making music even. That's Tom DeLonge's band yes, from Blink-182. Tom 182. DeLonge's side piece. I thought he had kind of gone off the rails with his UFO shit. Have you have you followed that at all? Uh no. No. Okay, so he went to. like <laughs> he went nuts or maybe maybe he's telling the truth. Nobody really knows, but he <laughs> has made all these crazy claims about he was contacted by members of the government and he's like seen all this evidence of like of alien UFOs. Uh, ufos and like alien activity on earth and he's made all these just wild claims have they been looking up his ass i i think that that's part of, that's assumed <laughs> you know no he's he just does that anyways yeah yeah <laughs> just just hires aliens to look in his ass <laughs> but yeah i mean Check it out. Look and look what up Tom DeLong aliens, and he is he is into it. He's like deep into it. Deep, so I didn't know he had any time. The alien game. <laughs> I didn't know he had any time to work on new music. He's busy yeah. like alien hunting. Hey, listen, you're gonna wind up checking out that album, and the first track <laughs> is gonna be "Our Friends from the Milky Way." And then, like, I told all of you <laughs> years ago. <laughs> motherfuckers denied me. Track three is "I Believe." <laughs> and he does he really really does he's a true so, believer yeah oh good okay so yeah so lots lots of stuff to go and check out lots of live music to check out too i mean mm-hmm. if you're down and if you're willing to go out and go to live music you should support live music yeah it's back and plenty of outside opportunities have mm-hmm. been available throughout the summer so hopefully yeah. you've been seeing some you yeah, know if you're exactly. into this podcast you're probably into music so you know mm-hmm. what shoot us an email let us know what you've gone to see yeah we'd love to hear, hear about it yeah Speaking of emails, mm-hmm. like we kind of went a little bit of a long time, it felt like, without hearing from friend of the show, Rex Todd. We were concerned. We were concerned because it had been late July was like the last time we had heard from him. But much to our chagrin, <laughs> he sent us an email back on September 10th that because we hadn't heard from him in a while, like... We stopped checking. We were callously... Not looking at our email after we just <laughs> tell people to send us emails. Yep. We were callously not checking it because we had been religious before because Rex was always really good yeah. about about staying up with us. Long story short, 
Rex is back, y'all. Rex is back Rex in the is game. Back. Rex is back. He's been training up uh, for that pudding uh, wrestling uh, match. Okay, so he joined us at number 300. And so I just want to read this email that he sent us back on September 10th. That way you guys um, can can get his thoughts on it. (laughs) Okay, so the first album uh, for that week was Shania Twain, Come On Over. (laughs) And Rex Rex says, let's go, girls. If you listen to the first track of this album and don't throw down some sass and sing along, we'll... We're done here. We're done here. <laughs> this is just a good listen with pure anthems for Florida State sorority woohoo girls. Uh, should be closer to 350, though. So I, I love that he loved it. He just wanted to move it down a little. Um, next was BB King's Live at the Regal. He says, The late great BB King, such a fantastic listen to this live album. It's incredible to hear the screams, whistles, and applause from the audience. I totally agree with that. In a troubled decade of this great nation, this is a definitive listen for any music lover. Love it. Fantastic album and spot on the list for this album. Yeah. And I agree with him about the audience. Like, I did love how they mixed in the audience on that. Uh, after that was Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Rex says, yes, this is such a great album by Tom Petty. An easy multiple listen record. The guitar work, vocals, everything just works so well together. Put this one on while you're in the office and jam your day away. Great placement on the list. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we said something similar. Basically, yeah. So, from Peter Gabriel was next. If this album doesn't scream 1980s in your ears, get your hearing checked. It sounds experimental at times. It's a decent record, not my fave, but I understand why it's on the list. And I think that's kind of where we fell to. I think it's kind of what we said, but I don't remember. I mean, I can't be held responsible for anything I say on this podcast. Yeah, I can't either, especially by, by, I mean, this late in the podcast? That was like the fourth, that was the fourth album that week. Exactly. We're in the fucking bag by then. Come on. Okay, so the last album that week, and this is where we're going to have slight differences with Mr. Rex, uh, was Neil Young's Russ Never Sleeps. And here Rex says, another Neil Young album? Question mark, exclamation point, question mark. (laughs) Jesus Christ. It's like this dude gets the walking farts and everyone at Rolling Stone is like, this is an amazing album. I do have to agree with him on that. They fucking love him. But maybe it's for good reason, you know, is where I'm going to (laughs) disagree. I'm going to pass on this one. I just cannot stand his voice. It reminds me of the badger from Wind in the Willows. Oh, jeez, Rex. <laughs> all right. I, I've i loved all of this Neil Young, but I also came into this list. And Blind this on is, the- Yeah, because this is a conversation you and I had had, and I'm sure that we've mentioned on the podcast before. Like, I'm not super familiar with much of Neil Young's catalog at all. You know, So these are all just like wonderful little treats for me. Like a lot of them are pleasant pleasant surprises but exactly sounds like uh rex has had some bad experiences or something with he's the, yeah. yeah i mean there's trauma there's definitely some past trauma there's yeah. trauma connected to neil it. young i mean you can get that stuff figured out right yeah rex um, get over it with the neil young i mean there's there's prop i mean there could be a pill for that if there's not a pill for that just find somebody to talk to i mean we'll talk to you <laughs> listen to the soothing sounds of our voices <laughs> all right do you want to go we'll talk to you once a week yeah, we'll for about an hour and a half <laughs> we'll talk to you once a week for about 90 minutes yep we'll tell you all of our problems <laughs> with this fucking Which list we have a lot so let's get into those <laughs> although i do not have a problem with the first album for this week yeah uh so again just quick little recap here for those who are mm-hmm. just diving in blind we are going through rolling stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time five albums at a time letting us know letting you guys know what we think Oh, spoiler alert. Mostly we don't like it. Mostly it sucks. Yes. 
So here we are picking things up at 295 today with Daft Punk's mm. Random mm. Access mm. Memories from yeah. 2013. Yeah, yeah. Having played a massive role in the rise of EDM in the late 2000s, Thomas Bangalter and Guy Manuel de Homem Cristo uh, <laughs> turned away from EDM altogether for a 70s disco record featuring appearances by Donna Summer producer Giorgio Moroder and Sheik's Nile Rogers, who played guitar on the gigantic hit Get Lucky. The result was a mushy, otherworldly concept LP that was retro futuristic trippy and weirdly human all at once that is a pretty solid description those last four adjectives that they provided yeah retro futuristic trippy and weirdly human i like that i do too kind of sums it up definitely the human part and i don't know um are you super familiar with the earlier daft punk catalog some of it yeah. Like, uh, you know, everybody knows like the around the world mm-hmm. and the harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. So, so those it was are like, both from the same album. No, around the world is from homework and then um, bigger, better, faster, stronger is from discovery, I think. Oh, okay. I was thinking that yeah. they were both from discovery. No, around the world is from homework from their debut. That one also has defunct on it too. But those are um, like those are super heavy electronic. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the voices are like heavily auto tuned or digitized in some way. And that was one of the most beautiful parts about this record was like the use of live instrumentation all the way through and the vocals. Like, man, these vocals were great all the way through it. Although there was a decent amount of the electronic vocals on this too, right? They were still present. Yeah. But it wasn't nearly as um, ubiquitous as what you saw on the It was the a, basically a, every track on the other ones. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's not that it was bad because I love early Daft Punk. I've been I've been on a little bit of an early Daft Punk kick because, because this record kind of spun me off in that direction for the past couple of weeks. But yeah. I this is this is better. And I'm glad that this is on the list. Really glad it's on the list. So before we get too into this one, do you think this is the only one on the list? I was having a conversation with someone that was saying that they they were sure that Discovery had to be on the list. I would be surprised, honestly. Okay. Yeah. I think this is the only one on the list. <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Yeah. I was. Th- this had to be their by far their most successful record, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Get Lucky alone. Yeah, Get Lucky was huge. Get Still Lucky is was huge. such a monster, monster fucking hit. Yeah. You almost never see a band, like a live local band, that plays that style of music in any way that doesn't cover that song. Exactly. You know, it's just like every every band does it. Yeah. With good reason. It's a great song. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so simple. It's four chords the entire time. It's got Nile Rogers playing guitar on it. And there's, there's a couple, there's several tunes on this album that sounded like Nile Rodgers but I think that's the only one he's actually on but then all of the rest of the features throughout the rest of this album right Julian Casablancas featured on Instant Crush Lose Yourself to Dance also has Pharrell Pharrell on it just like Get Lucky has Pharrell on it Um, there's a fucking ton dude like yeah there's quite a few Paul Williams uh, on Touch yeah well, Paul Williams is on a couple of them. Is he? Yeah. And then, of course, yeah, Todd like Edwards, Giorgio, Giorgio Moroder. Yeah. On that track, which I is all about that. him. It's so fucking I love the dude. way they did that. Like, So it starts off with like 
Giorgio Moroder, who's a famous music producer and musician, yeah. uh, kind of just telling the story of his life and how he came up and talking about, you know, he's German, right? Mm-hmm. And just growing up in Germany, and he was talking about going to discotheques and how he'd play the eight songs that he that he had on his repertoire, and then he yeah. would sleep in the parking lot because he didn't want to deal with driving away. And then eventually, like, the beat slowly starts to ease in, and he's still talking, but it's like in meter with the with the rhythm, the way yes. they lined it up, yeah. and it's and then it kind of eventually his voice fades out, and it just like gives way to the song, and it's it's long, it's a really long track. I think Dude, it's like it's, eight minutes, isn't it? It's like a jam, though, yeah, right? It is because the way that it basically, it's almost like free soloing over a melody, and that solo gets passed along like it would in a jazz type of structure. Yeah. And that's a great example. So one thing we've talked a lot on this podcast about is the DJ formula. Yeah. Textbook on on that and on several other songs on this record. Yes. And they do it so well. And just as a little recap, like I think we introduced this like maybe 150 albums ago or something, but the DJ formula is kind of like what we call it. And I don't know, I'm sure that people call it different things, but that's what we call it. And it is (laughs) like the... uh, the, the slow, gradual addition of layers. Of new pieces. Of new pieces that all meld together. And then sometimes like the stripping away of maybe half of the pieces and then yeah. sudden re-entry yeah. you know, of all of those. <laughs> like <Yeah>. drops. Yeah. <laughs> like, like tracks, like pieces of the track will get pulled away and then they'll get dropped back in. So yeah, I mean, this is it. And, it, and like JB was saying, it's all over. I... um. Yeah, I put five stars next to Giorgio by Marauder. I did totally as well. Loved it. Live yourself to dance was five stars. Get lucky was five stars. So what were, what were all your? Yeah, tell me all your five stars. Those three are what I put five stars next to. I have four stars next to doing it right towards the end of the album. I had a lot of stars on this one. This is probably my most starred record of the week. Maybe I would need to look ahead and look at a couple others, but I gave five stars to give life back to music. I love that one. Yes. Five stars to Giorgio. Mm-hmm. Five stars to Instant Crush with the Julian Casablancas. Yep. Five stars to Lose Yourself to Dance. And five stars to Doing It Right. Yeah. Seriously. I love Doing It Right. Yeah. It's mine too. Like, nothing has less than three stars. <laughs> and that's the thing with me. Like, I had those couple with fives. I had a couple with four. And then everything else basically has three for me. But... It's all, it's all wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. all absolutely wonderful. It's a long album. It's a long listen, but the concept is really, um, it's beautifully orchestrated all the way through top to bottom. And um, yeah, yeah, get it's lost. So good. And I just love the the guys. I mean, they just seem like nerds, mm-hmm. but are just, they're just so like effortlessly cool at the same time. You know yes. what I mean? You know what I did the other day that I never thought that I would listen to is they actually released back in 2009 a live album, and it was from a show in Paris recorded in 2007. And so I listened to a live Daft Punk album, and fuck me if it wouldn't have been the coolest fucking show to go to. Like, they really did it well because basically what they did is they took... They took a couple, like maybe two or three of their own songs and then mashed them up on top of each other. Yeah. And it was really, really cool. That is cool. Very well executed. I like that. So you should check that out because that's available on Spotify. I think it's called Alive 2007 by Daft Punk. Okay. I'll check that out for sure. It's fun. Uh, 
What do you think about placement? I mean, well, actually, I guess I already own this record and it was already in my digital catalog. Do you have it on vinyl? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I don't, but I'll get it for sure if I if it pops up. Quick side note, Holden, your child, yeah. commented on the YouTube video and he said, Dad, change doing it right to five stars or I'll be sad. <laughs> All right, son, just for you. <laughs> I love it. Love it, love it, love it. And um, listen, I had four stars next to it, so I wasn't all that <laughs> far off. But just for you, buddy, five um, stars. How do you feel about placement? I think I think it's pretty solid. I don't know that I need it to move up at all. I don't want it to move down at all. Um, to put this, it's pretty high. You know, it is pretty high. I think to put it higher, there there would need to be something, some kind of compelling, you know, reasoning for that, which I'm not finding. But uh, what what electronic dance music do you think is going to appear? higher than this that you would like purely call edm yeah because this really is i mean there's definitely pop elements to get lucky and to lose yourself to dance and a couple of the other songs but this is very much an edm album and EDM there's a disco right like i feel like it's just as much disco as it is edm it's like a it's like an edm version of disco almost i think disco has to have been made in the era of disco to be disco everything else is, everything else is just homage gotcha. so this is just an homage to disco mm. and that's why we love it yeah but if you go back and listen to a lot of actual disco you'd be like fuck man this is like super tiresome after a while <laughs> and no matter how many times you listen to this record it's never tiresome that's true. That's true. And it's because of like, that's where it comes back to that retro futuristic feel. So that's why it's an homage to disco, right? Yeah. That's like the retro feel, but then it feels also so fucking futuristic because it really it does, does feel futuristic. Yeah. You know? Um, it's a brilliant record. Do you I, want it to go up? Yeah. I probably want to see it closer to two fifty because I think this is good. I think this should be the highest ranked EDM album. Yeah. And I don't it know that this will is be, be. I mean, I don't know what would be higher. Well, and that's why I asked the question. And maybe the I don't know what would that, be higher either. Maybe the answer to that is that EDM just hasn't been around been long around enough long to make enough. enough of an impact to get that many, you know, on this point in times, the 2020 list. Yeah. You know, maybe in the 2040 list, there'll be a lot more. There'll EDM, be a lot you know? more. Well, either way, for me personally, yeah, I'd like to see it closer to 250. Yeah. Because I really, and that like, kinda, it's really a good album. That makes sense about you know it being, in your opinion, the, the, the what should be the highest rated yeah. EDM. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, Mr. Todd says, I don't care what you say, I don't care what you say or want to say about Daft Punk. They're great and talented DJs. It's so well put together and produced. You could play this in the background all day long, and you would hardly notice your head nodding and foot tapping. It's a laid back jam session with your friends on the ones and twos. And a return of Niles, the wrist, Rogers. Great album, too close to the sacred territory. If it moved up 15 spots closer to 500, I'd be okay with that. Okay, so Rex Rex is thinking 310. 310. Yeah. Yeah. Rex is thinking 310. Pretty small shift, but yeah. It I mean, is. I'm not against that. Yeah. Well, and I don't think that I don't think that a shift of 45 is like earth. It's not huge either. Yeah. You know, but but I do think that I do think like the median spot on the list would be, would be mighty respectful. Yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on? Yeah, let's do it. 
Ooh, ooh, ooh. Number 294 from 1994, we're going to talk about Weezer's debut album, also known as the Blue Album by Weezer. Rolling Stone says, when it came out, Weezer's debut was regarded as a quirky power pop album with a couple of hit singles. The songs were so catchy that some indie rockers wondered if they were put together by a record company, Monkey's Style. But River Cuomo's band became a major influence on a whole generation of young, sad sack punkers. People see us now as this credible band, and they assume we always were credible, says Cuomo. But man, we could not have been more hated on when we came out. End quote. Which is crazy because Weezer is a band that has like a real cult following. And Super like, cult following. Like, like really, really dedicated fans that like love to go to shows yeah. and stuff. Which, I mean, I feel like is maybe not that typical of this genre, you know? Um... Like where I feel like I feel like Green Day wound up with the same thing, almost like but just so just, much bigger, right? Um, I don't. You think so much bigger? I think easily twice as big. How many people gravitated towards the Weezer bandwagon energy pull just with their cover of Africa? Yeah, <laughs> that had I to forgot have, about that. Tell you, dude, just that said had that. to yeah. have been like a hundred thousand person swing. That wasn't even that long ago, was it? No, that was like three years ago or something. But that right? shit was disco fire hot. It was right? dope. It was really good. I mean, it was really killer. Dude. And they put out that that new album, uh, the teal just album. last year. That was like the the hair metal one, right? Um, yeah, yeah, they did hair metal, but I loved, I liked the teal album, which was the one with the Africa cover and it was all like mid to early 1980s synth pop shit. That would have been their second to most recent, right? Yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah. Cause they just put out that one. I think it might even have been this year. Oh yeah. The Van Halen one. Yeah. That's what yeah, it was. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Fuck yeah. We talked about it on the podcast. Yeah. When it came out. Yeah. Yes, fuck and that was yeah. good. I listened to most of that, but yeah. Good old Weezer. Crazy this album bastards. is really good, man. Like this is a band that I've always kind of maybe like, you know, I don't know, like, you know, not focused on them very much. Yeah. When I first was introduced to Weezer, like these guys were, I mean, I was three years old when this album came out. So I remember yeah. the first song that I ever learned of Weezer was I was like watching MTV when Beverly Hills came out, you know, Beverly, uh, Beverly Hills. Hills. And that was yeah. a good tune. I got really into that. So, but it took me a while before I really got exposed to this, which That's now I like a lot better, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, I've just never really put a whole lot of thought into Weezer and, but I was listening to this a couple times and I just realized that there's like good song after good song and, and all of their best songs are probably on this, on this album. Um, are you a big Weezer fan? Am I kind of ruining things right now? No, 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 right. I'm not a big Weezer fan. Like I never got sucked into that cult. And for me, Weezer is a lot like the Foo Fighters. The yeah. Foo Fighters and Weezer. Usually every record yields three songs that are, amazing songs and you instantly fall in love with them. You can listen to them whenever you want and they always make you smile. Yeah. All the rest of the songs are going to be like, they're cool. They're all right. You know, but it's nothing to write home about. And if a band does that like 15 times, now you have a great band to see live because they're only going to play those two or three songs off of each album that everybody fucking loves. But when you do that with 15 songs, it's a fucking great show. Yeah. They're and all really good. And that's where Weezer and the Foo Fighters are at. If you, so if that's you how you ever, feel about this album, though? You think that there's only three or four good songs on it? 
This is what I'm going to tell you. I like all the songs on this album. Yeah. But if you talk about great songs that you will never get tired of listening to, there's Buddy Holly, there's Say It Ain't So, and there's the Sweater Song. Yeah. My Name is Jonas. Is a great song, dude. And I like I liked In the Garage a lot, too. Yeah. It's a good song. I hear what you're saying, though. Buddy Holly is really, really good. Dude, Buddy um, Holly is a just like fucking crazy song, dude. It's yeah. the catchiest shit ever. And the weirdest part is you can listen to Buddy Holly and love it for everything that it is, which is like this splashy kind of Technicolor. If you've never watched the video for this song, Buddy Holly, you need to do that because that was directed by Spike Jones, and it's all a riff on Happy Days. So right. all of the members of the band are dressed like Happy Days. The Fonz is in it. Fucking all the characters from Happy Days are in the video. It's really fucking brilliant, right? But then it slips into that, into the Sweater Song, which Sweater Song is really, really kind of a weird and tripped out song with all of the vocals at the parties and stuff in between the actual chorus and bridge yeah. and verses of it, right? It's really, that is the verse, right? I mean, it's the, a the little verse bit is like it. the conversation, and then they sing like a little bit, and then that song is all about the chorus. That's all it yeah. really is. You know? Yeah. Like, that song seemed like they were like, we wrote a really, really fucking good chorus. <laughs> what the hell do we do now? You know? We have <laughs> such a monster hook. Now, yeah. what do we do with this? Because like, the idea is wonderful, right? Yeah. But now, how do we build upon this idea and not have it be cheesy? And they did it because it's did not it. cheesy. Like, it's really fucking cool the way that they mix in that kind of vibe as if you're at a party and you can hear what's going on around the party. But then during the chorus, all you can hear is the band that's playing at the party. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it's a cool idea. Yeah. What was up with that guy? The guy in <laughs> the thing, the guy's just, he's just like, oh, so much fun. We're like, so good. We're all back together. It's like, yeah. And it's like, you go into the party afterwards? It's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's man, like, it's going to be so cool. So cool, man. I'm this so is the stoked. Best. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. He's <laughs> <laughs> just the biggest downer dick. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> Crack me up. Um, All right, but My Name is Jonas is a really good song. It is a really good song. I put, yeah. two, I put two stars next to it. See, that one I, I wrote down. I put three on that one. Did you? Yeah. It's got like uh, the... The uh, the big huge power chord chorus, and then like the the acoustic little finger style verse, very reminiscent of Minority by Green Day. Mm. It's like the same song. I would believe that. My issue and the reason why I probably don't like it as much is because it doesn't go anywhere. And what I mean by that is like there's no there's no dynamics to that song whatsoever because it opens with these huge gigantic power chords and it continues to be huge gigantic power chords through the whole song yeah and it's a little bit either if you really want to be rude you would call that boring if you wanted to be less rude you would maybe call it fascist and yeah i don't know which one but <laughs> yeah <laughs> um but yeah there, there were definitely a couple filler tunes like i didn't feel strongly about no one else um Honestly, he came across kind of annoying on that song, though, yeah. <laughs> lyrically. That song is about how he doesn't want his girlfriend to ever leave the house when he's not with her and stuff. And yeah. A little insecure. <laughs> but uh, And then, like, Surf Wax America. Surf Wax America was fucking not good, yeah, dude. Yeah, didn't like that one. No, not good. Um, but one thing that just kind of stuck out about the whole album is 
These guys, it's like pop punk, right? Or how would you describe it? Alt rock. So I don't know. It's, yeah. it's a little bit of. It's all kind of, of its that. own thing, but like, that's like what it is in spirit. But the melodies that they come up with are like very hooky, and they're yeah. they're very not punk in terms of melodically, like the, yeah. the lines that they're writing and stuff. You know, so it's kind of unique. It's a really yeah, Weezer's kind of its own thing. That's kind of why of they have such a cult following. I think. Yeah, they became they become more typecast. If that makes sense musically, they become a little bit more typecast as like as you get into the later albums. But you know, there's also albums like Pinkerton, which are super hardcore concept albums that I like. And I am not familiar with Pinkerton, but everybody that I'm not either. But that's what you always hear about. So, do you think that's on the list? Or do you think this is the only Weezer? I think it is on the list, only because I made the comment at one point in time that there's no fucking way that it's on the list. And I think Lee Stamper actually went through and said, "No, it actually is on the list." Gotcha. So we might get to encounter it on the list, but even if we don't encounter it on the list at some point in time, I feel compelled that I need to because all of the big cultists say that Pinkerton was like the masterpiece and Better it was than the, this one. Yeah. Because it's not at all poppy. Like there's none of this like poppy catchiness to it. Like apparently it's a pretty moody album. Um, and it was, it was where rivers Cuomo wanted to go like artistically, but because after they made it, the studio was like, what the fuck dude? Like what happened to buddy Holly? Yeah. You know, where's buddy Holly? Ooh, ooh, you, you know, it ain't no Beverly Hills. I'll tell you that. Definitely not. It's no hash pipe either, which if you're not down with the green album, check out the green album. It's got Island in the Sun on it and it has hash pipe. <clears throat> and it's got one other really good song on it. And then the rest of the album is just like filler. <laughs> I mean, it's. And for much. those of you that aren't watching on YouTube, I'm just kind of flailing my hands around and shaking his head rapidly, but <laughs> not with a very wide <laughs> angle. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Not, not with any definitive meaning to be understood. <laughs> I think um, I understand what you're trying to say though. Yeah, I know you do. Um so this is I will say pleasantly surprised like I liked it more than I expected cuz I I mean I knew the big hits but I didn't know like a whole lot but I think it's fucking crazy that this album is higher than Dookie by Green Day. I think yeah. it's nuts. Thank you. Yep. I'm right there with you. I think this should be 50 below Dookie. Yeah. I mean, for me, this album probably falls somewhere. I mean, all right. For me, it's crazy that this album is on this list and there's not an Alice in Chains dirt is not on this list. Yeah. Like to me, I would actually just trade the blue album for dirt. But that being said, if you're going to represent Weezer on this list, this is my favorite Weezer album. And so from that standpoint, I'm not upset with it, but it probably needs to be a lot closer to 400 for me. For me, definitely move it down. I I would like to keep it on. I do think that they deserve representing. I think they Weezer's kind of made a unique mark Niche. on the music scene. You know, well, just because when we were just talking about that, right? We were like, yeah, w what would you call this? It, do describe. you call it pop punk? Do you call it alt rock? Like, what do you call it? And so, from that standpoint, I don't. I like that was super harsh. What I just said. <laughs> like, I don't mean to hate that much on Weezer. <laughs> like, I'm a I'm. I'm good with it being on the list. I just, you know, but yeah, probably need way to too high, way too high. There's, there's too many that are 
below this that it's just like how do you even begin to make that argument and that that's the interesting thing about putting a list like this together with 500 albums yeah it's so easy to start like comparing one against another one and being like wait how do you have this how one higher you, than the other one yeah you know because if you're gonna say like relative to another album for me this one needs to be within 20 of dookie you know what i mean because whatever you think of dookie you can't really say that this is more than 20 better than or more than 20 worse than in my mind. I would say Dookie was far more influential. <clears throat> like a huge amount more, in my opinion, in terms of like just the the, Probably. the wave of pop, pop punk bands that yeah. it inspired, you know? Yeah. I think yeah, you can I think make you're the argument right. that Dookie inspired way more bands than 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 this one did. Yes. I would agree with that. Yeah. Just if for nothing else, because Weezer was always kind of a cultish little weird thing. Kind of always like, yeah, like <clears throat> marginalized almost, you know? Yeah. yeah, it was always its own different thing off to the side. Listen, I, I have, I did, um, I did own this album on digital though. Like this is one that I already had as part of my digital catalog, along with the green album, along with, mm, not Pinkerton. No, not Pinkerton, because I haven't I haven't dug into it yet. Oh, the Cowboy one that was the Red album or the Hashpipe one? That's Green Album. Hashpipe is a Green okay. album, and then uh, that Van Halen one I downloaded too. <laughs> yeah, I think I did that one too. Yeah. <laughs> that I, that, it was that might be the only one I have actually in my <laughs> digital library right now. Is that although I'm not opposed to adding this at all? Yeah, I, I just don't say. think I did it this week. Now, would I buy it on vinyl? I mean, maybe. If it for the right price. Yeah, if it popped up in a record store, like, cheap enough, yeah, I might do it. If it was under 20 bucks, I'd probably do it. I could be sold on it, yeah. Yeah. Um, do you want to read Rex? Yes, I will okay. read Rex real quick. Rex Todd on Weezer the Blue Album. Glad to see Weezer is on this list. Perfect album selection for it. This record chock full of garage band sounds and impressive guitar sounds. Oh yeah, that's something we didn't talk about at all. Like, there's some really, really good guitar work on on, on this album and in this band. Like, you don't really expect it, you know. God like damn when it. you when you see a band like this, but like their guitar player is fantastic. I don't know if it's Rivers doing the lead guitar work. Probably not. Probably another guy. I don't think it is, but fuck, I'm really glad that you brought this up too. Yeah. And thank we, you, Rex. Yeah, yeah, thank you, Rex. We don't want to get bogged down in this too much, but did you read anything about the production of this fucking record? Um, maybe a little bit, but nothing stuck out. I don't think. Wasn't this... Well, no, 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 no. No, I'm conflating that with Billy Corgan. But I think that there That's was That's what I was some, saying, maybe. Yeah, but I want to say that I read that um, that there was a little... No. No, the drummer, though. The drummer and Rivers Cuomo wrote all of this music. That was one thing that kind of stuck out in my mind. But no, nothing else. Yeah, but great Danny guitar Rex. playing, though. Really, yeah. really good. Like... Not stereotypical of this of this genre of the genre know, or whatever yeah. genre this is of this general style. Well, so, and there's and there's definitely two guitars that are being played, but they're being played in harmony together as opposed to just doubling up on the same shit, which is what you would hear in most of the stuff in this genre. Yeah, or just a single guitar. There's definitely like a defined rhythm and lead player, which yeah. is maybe not as common in in punk. Yeah, punk. Okay, so anyways, picking it back up with Rex. He says, this record is chock full of garage band sounds and impressive guitar sounds. I remember when this album came out, it's just brought the spotlight back on rock and roll. From My Name is Jonas, Come Undone, personal favorite song on here, to Surf Wax America. Mm -hmm. Rex. Jesus. 
<laughs> this is just all-time classic nostalgia tracks. I'm so-so on the placement. Just because I'm so partial to this album, I'm going to have to concede on its placement. If you think it should be higher or closer to 500, you're wrong, but I digress. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. <laughs> A lot of hmms I wish we could go back and find the email with Dookie. Yeah, see what he had to say about and that. And see what he had to say about that. Well, because I went, because he may have just wanted to move Dookie up closer to 300. He might have. And if he would have done that, then he would be right in line with our thinking. Yeah. Which, okay, actually, let me ask you that question. If Dookie was, if Dookie was 290, would you be okay with this at 294? Yeah, sure, but Dookie should be higher. You know, is basically my yeah. That's your contention. Yeah, yeah, I got you. All right. If Dookie's number one, this could be number two. (laughs) Wait, wouldn't Dookie (laughs) always be number two? Oh, I can't believe I didn't catch that. (laughs) Okay, moving on. Yes, please. Two (laughs) ninety three. The Breeders' Last Splash from nineteen ninety three. How did a weird little tune like Cannonball make the top 40? That's a good question. It's an only in the 90s mystery that may go forever unsolved. (laughs) On the Breeders' Breakthrough LP, Kim Deal made a record every bit as good as her old band, The Pixies, with her sister Kelly on guitar singing about sex and summer over the surfy buzz of Divine Hammer and I Just Want to Get Along. The adorable acoustic driving on nine is a wonderful alt rock take on the age old rock and roll theme of going to the chapel of love. Dude, I love this album so much. Me too, dude. I'm glad we can we can read on this one. I this listen is fantastic. to dude. I listen to this record more than any of the other ones, and I, I mean I've listened to Daft Punk a lot, so I've definitely listened to Random Access Memories more. But during the period that between the last podcast and this one, I've listened to this record more than any of the other ones. And yeah. Jesus God, I love it. It's great. And for me, I think it boils down to I fucking love Kim Deal, it turns out. Like, yeah. Her vocals <laughs> are so amazing throughout this. You but know? you know what's okay? So, but I'll even take any of these songs over my favorite Kim Deal song, Pixie songs. And here's the reason why. We were talking about Phineas and Billie Eilish, and we were talking about that whole idea of blood harmonies. That shit is super fucking for real all over this goddamn record. Oh, yeah. Uh, Divine Hammer is a fantastic example of that. Exactly. All over this record. You know, now there are some tracks where it's just Kim all the way through and you don't necessarily get a lot of it. But when you get Kim and Kelly both singing harmony, fuck, it is magic, man. It's magic. It's really good. And they're not afraid to do some serious experimenting either on this, like both musically and with recording techniques. Like there's some weird production on a lot of the vocals. I mean, even just from the very beginning, like like the very first song, it has some weird weird production on it. It's like very dark. And there, there were several tunes where they sounded like they were maybe overdubbed several times. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to find the one where, okay, I just want to get along just another i just wrote weird so i can't describe it any further unfortunately because i don't remember specifically what it was but i was like weird vocal sound again they're definitely experimenting um yeah just it's, just really cool it's funny because it kind of feels to me like the songs that were like way punkier to me in nature and in spirit are kind of some of the songs that you're pointing out 
Mm -hmm. And so I wonder if that wasn't just done intentionally because one of the things that impressed me a ton about this record is there's like genre diversity all over this record. Big time. Like some songs are really, really punky. Some songs are almost like surf rock. Some songs are almost like an homage to like classic 50s kind of like rockabilly. Yeah, rockabilly or like hop like hop sock type of music, you know. Yeah. It's fucking genius the way that they kind of bounce around. And then they also do some really forward thinking shit like that track Roy damn dude like it's almost it's like shoegaze or like it's noise exactly pop. what i wrote so i wrote like definite shoegaze aspects uh pretty reminiscent of my bloody valentine yeah on that one yeah but i mean it's not though right it's its own thing but it it's has totally- aspects of it you know yeah. which that's that's the best thing and what was going on there was like some weird instrument on on that song is it roy or roi i don't know what that's I supposed to be I, like, um was there a cello on that I have no clue, but I know exactly what you're talking about because I think it might have been a it cello. It sounds like a bowed instrument that's being distorted. Yeah. Right? It's almost like a cello run through run distortion through pedals. a distortion pedal. Yeah. I don't know. That I put five like that was one of a handful of songs that I put five stars next to. There were even a couple uh instrumental tracks. Like flip side, yeah. It was like a surf punk instrumental track, yeah. Basically, yeah. Um, I loved. I want to get along. Usually, I'm not the craziest, biggest fan of like talk style vocals. I complained mm-hmm. about it when we when we listened to a Bob Dylan record recently. Yeah. <laughs> but I love when when Kim does the talking. <laughs> like know. it's great, and I I love that. That's the whole chorus. She's just talking. She's like, I just want to get along. I just want to get reason, along. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'd like to get along too. <laughs> Do you like Divine Hammer? Loved that. Loved Divine Hammer. That was one of the best examples of the harmony between her and her sister, I think. I fucking love Divine Hammer. I loved Hag. I did That song had me thinking of like shoegaze or even grunge. The bass line, dude. It was pretty grungy. The fucking bass line in that song was super, super killer. And that was a pretty prevalent theme throughout was like the driving bass lines that were almost like kind of in charge of the whole tune. Yep. Um, In terms of five star songs, I had two of them. I had Invisible Man. I gave that one five stars. Loved that one. Wow. And I also gave Do You Love Me Now five stars. Just incredible chord progression on mm. that one. I gave four stars. Loved everything stuff. about it. Do you have any five-star tunes? Yeah. Cannonball. And Cannonball was like, Cannonball was top 40. And that's funny because like that led with that. And that was like, that was kind of a monster hit on this album. It was really the only one that I was super duper familiar with because I never really got into the breeders when I was in high school. Um, But everybody knew Cannonball and I loved Cannonball back in the day. So I have five stars next to that one, five stars next to ROI or Roy. And then my other one is driving on nine. I love on nine was great. On nine. Yeah. It's like a swing tune. Yeah. Like, like folk almost. Yeah. Accordion on that one. Mandolin on that one. Some really, really good writing too with the chord progressions. Yeah, exactly. But the accordion, the accordion and I, I wrote down fiddle. You heard a fiddle on that too. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. And then four stars for Do You Love Me Now. So I also really, really enjoyed Do You Love Me Now and Divine Hammer. Do you love me now? I mean, I've had that song stuck in my head for a couple days. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. So this, good. And this whole record. And this is another one that when you listen to it, 
um, it flows unbelievably well. Like and it's there's an easy listen. Not, it's like 40 minutes. Yeah. yeah. Like it's easy to get in. The songs flow really, really well one to the next. And it just has a really, really great cohesive feel. I love that it's on here. Um, I, um, I added it to my digital library. I don't know that. I, I mean, if I, if I found the record, I'd buy it cause I really, really enjoy it. And I would definitely listen to it. I would spin it on vinyl. I don't know that it would add anything to the listening experience. But, yeah. But I, I don't know that it. it's one that you'll see too often either. I'm sure there's some vinyls out there, but I'm sure that there are, but yeah, it might be a little bit more challenging. They're probably not doing a ton of reissues of it. Yeah, probably you know? not. I did digital on this as well. And this, yeah, this is fantastic. This is, belongs on here for sure. Yeah. Um, Where do you want unique. it though? I'm actually okay with it. Yeah. I'm trying to think here or maybe like 20 to 30 spots down. Yeah. But which is still pretty high praise. Uh, it I is, would dude. say, you know, like, yeah, low 300s is not bad. Like if you parked this at 325. Yeah. That's not terrible. Yeah. But I also really, really loved it. Like I like it right where it's at. Yeah. This is going to be, I'm going to listen to this one again. You know, some of these records, I'll probably never listen to again, you know, on that we're listening to on this 500 list. Like, it's yeah, not like yeah, I'm, yeah. it's not like I'm going to listen to all of these again, you know, but this is one that I'll come back to for sure. Yeah. Without question. Um, yeah. Rex says a perfect entry for the alt punk pop era. It's experimental at times can definitely hear Pixies influences. God damn it. There's another band. I can't think of their fucking name. It's the vocals. God damn it. It's fun at times and definitely worth a listen. The sounds of the band are all over the place on this album, but in a good way. Don't have an opinion on its placement, but it's a solid it's a solid album. What so. band do you think he was trying to think of? It's gotta be a band with a female vocalist. Probably Sonic Youth. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I'll have to quiz him on it. Maybe he's just thinking of different Pixies albums. Possibly. <laughs> possibly okay um do you want to go i think it's your turn i think it is 292 <laughs> from 1978 the debut album from van halen um entitled van halen rolling stone Ooh. says this debut gave the world a new guitar hero in eddie van halen and charismatic front lamb front man in david lee roth tunes such as running with the devil and ain't talking about love put the swagger back in hard rock in van halen's jaw-dropping technique particularly on eruption raised the bar for rock guitar quote it sounded like it came from another planet end quote pearl jams mike mccready said of first encountering van halen's plane like hearing mozart for the first time wow was it like that for you um, well, Van Halen was around for sure as I was growing up, you know, but, uh, so it's not like there was ever like, I, I was already playing guitar and then all of a sudden I was introduced to this and I yeah. was just like blown away by it. But man, he, he's incredible. I mean, this entire album is a masterclass in just virtuosic rock guitar. You know and what? It's not a masterclass in what virtuosic rock bass. Yeah, that you don't. You're not a fan of the. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. That's funny because I like that though. You know, uh, you talk about running with the devil and things like that. It is pretty simplistic. That's for Jared sure. Michael Anthony is the king of like simplistic. Bass the lines. opposite of virtuosic. I mean, he's listen. He's they're powerful though, dude. He's a bass player. I remember seeing Van Halen live here in Des Moines, but it wasn't with him. It was with Wolfgang Van Wolfgang Halen. Wolfgang was rocking it. And it was, was he just, commanding the same quarter note bass lines? Yeah, he did. He could he could hit those too. Gong, <laughs> gong, gong, gong. It's okay. one note, but it's good. And and it, the way he hit it, I mean, you got the whole crowd 
just uh, dancing for sure. Listen, keep talking about Eddie. Yeah. I shouldn't have interrupted you. That was super rude. And I'm not trying to be all rude and shitty about Michael Anthony, but they're just like, they're not the, it's, it, they're super simple. And that's what's wild about this band is like David Lee Roth, especially on this record, super fucking talented. He slays it, man. He's one of the most charismatic, like the, that, that's the word they use as well, like front man in rock of all time. You he know? has to be. Yeah. He's up there with like Robert Plant in terms of like the, just the, the you know, yeah, the, the, the swag. Yeah. The just like dripping, oozing swag of I don't give a fuck and I don't care. You know? Yeah. Just super wild. I love it. He's so good throughout it. And just the combination of him and Eddie, they almost just sound like they're different versions of each other. Of know? each other. Like like he's the vocal version of, of Eddie and vice versa. You know? But you know what, Alex, dude? Alex is a fucking really good drummer. Yeah. Like, and it doesn't necessarily pop up on this album. I think it, like, by the, you got to get to albums like 1984 before you hear a lot of, like, Alex starting to shine again. Which one has Panama? 1984. Okay. Yeah. The third album? Um, No, the fourth album. Fourth album. Because it was Van Halen, Van Halen 2, Diver Down, and then 1984. Panama's a great tune. Dude, Jump is a great tune. I did, that is. Yeah. Hot for Teacher is a great tune. There's a t- I mean, I'm assuming that we're going to catch 1984 on this list. We have to. And it's probably going to be between 1 and 200, I would think. Probably, yeah. You think that's the only other one, or you think Van Halen 2 is on here, too? Probably not, right? Well, if I think if there's a third Van Halen, Van Halen album, it's going to be with Sammy Hagar. It would be like 5150 or something like that. But I don't think we're going to get that. That can't be the case. There's no way that will be above this. This right? might be this one in 1984 might be the only Van Halen entries. I and bet we, you that's and it. May, we might not even get 1984. This might be the only one. Yeah. Because this album rips, dude. It really does. I mean, <laughs> Eruption is the second track <laughs> of this album, you know, <laughs> which, like, you couldn't get more iconic in terms of guitar playing, like, these days. It's just a guitar solo. Yeah, the whole thing. But it's, it's he popularized the technique tapping, like, or Finger with both tapping. hands, you know? Like, sometimes people did it with one hand, but, but he pretty much, like, pioneered that shit with the mm-hmm. two. You get the dive bombs that he's doing with his little whammy bar and stuff. <laughs> he's just, he's just a, he's a showman, and he's, but at the same time, he's extremely, like, talented, like, classically trained, you know? Yeah. I mean, he comes across as someone who is just at the pinnacle of their playing, and he's just choosing to do that in such a loose, raw rock format. You know what I mean? Well, and that's what I was going to say. Even when you get away from, like, the absurd lead technical stuff that he's doing on Eruption and a lot of the other solos throughout this, but then even when you just get to, like, the boring shit, right? Like, when he's just playing rhythm. Because he's the only guitar player in the band, and so when David Lee Roth is doing his thing, he's just got to be basically a rhythm guitar player but that is done like with this loose yet accurate sense. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like it's like it's incredibly competent and it's really, really accurate, but it doesn't necessarily sound over overtly tight. Like there's still a looseness. There's to still it. a looseness to it. And that's intentional. It's like yeah. a swagger to it, you know, but it's like, and it, the, the, his rhythm parts, they're like, they are interesting enough that you could tune into them and not focus on David Lee Roth. But at if the same time, 
they don't distract from David Lee Roth. It's a know? perfect compliment. Yeah. In my mind. Yeah, I agree. He reminds me in that way of, of Jimi Hendrix and of Stevie Ray Vaughan. Like the way that those mm. guys both played rhythm. They both played rhythm so well. Their rhythm playing were, was underrated. In the same story for Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, and Eddie. not that those guys are underrated. I mean, obviously, Jimi Hendrix is widely her- heralded as the greatest guitar player of all time. Of all but time. you, don't, you yeah. don't talk about his rhythm very often. No, absolutely not. And that makes perfect sense. And and I I do want to say that there's a couple of tracks on here where the bass playing does um, get better. You know, it gets more interesting, I guess. Um, yeah, it just doesn't happen often enough, unfortunately. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it just doesn't happen on this record, unfortunately. <laughs> but this record is a fucking smash. Like, oh, that's um, great. Four and five star tunes for me. Running with the devil, eruption. Um, ain't talking about love. Um, feel your love tonight, little dreamer. Yeah, yeah, I loved all those too. Except I don't, I don't love ain't talking about love that much. Tell you the truth. Seriously, why? I don't know. I'm weird. Man, that's like my favorite DLR song. Really? I love the vocals on that, dude. The vocals are so good, and that riff, it's so iconic to me. It's good. It comes across a little cheeseball hair metal to me compared to the yeah, rest. Yeah, for sure. Compared, wait, to, compared the rest, to the rest, really? Yeah, for some reason, that one just has Running this with certain the devil. feel to it. Yeah, so, less wait. so for some reason. Well, but when you say cheeseball hair metal, I'm trying to imagine what the band would look like if they didn't look like fucking hair metal cheese balls when they're playing <laughs> running. And with I the totally devil. get that response, but just <laughs> I can't put it into words. Something about that song is different than the others. Do to you me. think it's the chord progression? I mean, has, I bet that has something to do with it, you know. But even like the riff, I don't like it as much as a lot of the other riffs. And that's what I mean. That's what I'm wondering because. There's a part of me that understands not liking that song at all. I don't hate it. I just not as much as the others. You yeah. Know? Hmm. So I'm not like against ain't talking about love to be clear. Like, well, listen oh, to it. okay. All right. But just I compared that you're to being the more others. critical than that. No, I'm being mildly critical. Okay. And that's um, fair. What'd you think if you really got me? Um, not my favorite cover. Really? Yeah. I probably prefer <laughs> the kinks. Because we had that one, right? <laughs> yeah. We had that no, song? No, 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 no. We haven't had that song. We've had multiple kinks entries where we always end up bringing up. You really got you me. You really got me, but we haven't had the record with oh. You Really Got Me on it yet. Okay. I loved Ice Cream Man even. You know, I put a star next to it. Like, it's cool. It's a it's a fun little 12-bar blues. Right? It's, yeah, but it, it starts off acoustic. You yeah. Know, and you get, you get Eddie Van Halen playing acoustic guitar. The way he dresses it up is really nice, but then it changes into like a blazing fast uh, electric tune. Van Halen doing twelve bar. I think it's cool to have one of those on the record. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I mean, it's it's fine. I don't, I don't hate on it. I don't know why in on this particular listen because that's a song I've heard a fucking ton on like classic rock radio and all the rest of that bullshit that I've heard throughout my life. And it's a fine song. Like I'm never pissed when I hear it on the radio or anything like that. I think maybe the only reason why I put one star next to it is because it's never going to be a song that I seek out, but if it comes on, I'll listen to it and I'll smile and I'll sing along with it. What did you think about atomic punk though? So that one, I'll be honest with you. I wrote that I I liked it. Okay. But I wrote that it feels a little bit like filler to me. 
compared oh, to it was, one of it was hot trash right okay you didn't like it okay no good i was trying i mean to it was diplomatic dude, no it was not it, it was not a good song but yeah. it felt like a song that they were trying to highlight david lee roth right like yeah. they were like no dude atomic punk yeah they were they were like no seriously seriously david like eddie's not even gonna even play a solo or anything like we're just gonna make this song so that way you can shriek and howl and like do crazy do shit the david lee roth thing yeah, yeah so go write up some lyrics that'll make you feel really real cool and let's do this yeah and it seems like that was a song that got cut fun lyrics i mean it's cool imagery with the atomic punk thing wasn't I, I didn't think so i thought it was stupid <laughs> <laughs> so mike didn't like that one <laughs> I didn't. I thought it was fucking dumb. Yeah. I thought it was like super cheesy. That to me was two nineteen eighty. Two nineteen eighty. Yeah. Even though this was in nineteen seventy eight. Yes. Yeah. Whatever. Um, <laughs> what do you think of On Fire? Um, no stars. What'd you think of I'm the One? That was probably the one that I liked the next most compared to the other ones we talked about. That was a four star for me. I love the fucking barbershop quartet in it. Really, really love the barbershop at the very end. Yeah, really love that. Amazing guitar work on that. Um, it was almost like a blazing fast heavy metal version of like Boogie Woogie from like the 50s, you know? Yeah, and I I love like the chromaticness of it, like on the chorus, especially. Yeah, so I love that one. Yeah, um, where do you okay? So I, I do own this on vinyl. You, you got it recently. Yeah, thank you, Amazon. I think <laughs> you I'm mentioned not, it when you got it on the podcast. Yeah, but I'm not upset about having it at all. Like, I'm glad that I own it on vinyl. And I've and I've spun it. Um, I didn't add it to digital, though, because I don't know how much I would realistically listen to this on my phone. Yeah. You know? I'm probably not going to listen to it a bunch either on the phone, but I would do the vinyl. Yeah. Uh, I think it could move up a little bit if it's the only Van Halen record. If there's another one, then I'm good with it where it is. Yeah, I'll say I'll buy that. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I would agree with I would agree with that sentiment and I would agree with that rationale for it. And hopefully around 240 to 225, we get Van Halen 1984 and we both can die happy men. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm going to read Rex's thoughts. Go for it. <laughs> so Jesus. Uh, Rex says, ah, yes, the music of the Aquanet hyphen Coors Light hyphen cocaine generation. However, say as I may about this music, Eddie Van Halen was an absolute tour de force on that guitar. His speed and acuity on the fretboard makes you question how many knuckles that dude had on his <laughs> fingers. There's a lot of their hits on this one from Running With The Devil to Ice Cream Man. Just a classic album of what I consider the only Van Halen Ooh. lineup. Just my opinion. Good dude, placement on the list. Bold editorial comment there, Rex. Is this your favorite you Van Halen lineup? Vocally, for sure. I mean, I don't really like Van Hagar. I think that's a pretty common sentiment. Do you like Sammy Hagar? I didn't hate Van Hagar. Yeah. Dude, they cut a lot of music. And a lot of it was really good music. It was weird because it was still... You would have to call it like hard rock, but it was like hard yacht rock almost in a way. Just because of like... um, Sammy Hagar's vocal qualities, but it was really good music. Yeah. You know what I mean, like they really did. Like they made, they made at least two or three very good records. Mm. You can absolutely make every argument that David Lee Roth is the better front man and the better version of Van Halen, because I would agree with you. It's my favorite version of Van Halen. 
But I got respect for Sammy. I got yeah. respect for what they did with Sammy Hagar because they had some really good songs. Well, they had to do something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because David Lee Roth went fucking shithouse rat crazy on him. He did, him. yeah. And I think he still is relatively shithouse rat crazy. He thinks well, he he's rejoined, like a samurai. Right? Didn't he end up like rejoining? Maybe. So he is currently a samurai? He's definitely a samurai. How do I go cast in with him? <laughs> I like to be a samurai. <laughs> I don't know that was an option in life to just become a samurai. I mean, it is when your name is David Lee Roth. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, am I reading this or are you reading? I think I'm reading this. One. Okay. Read away. Okay. Here we are. The last album for this week is uh-huh. Destiny's Child, The Writings on the Wall from 1999. Mm-hmm. Looking back now, Destiny's Child seemed like the last gasp of the R&B vocal group, a tradition that was swept out of the mainstream in the 2000s. On this kinetic, shattering album, the group, especially a wonderkind named Beyonce Knowles, this would be a lot easier to read if the page wasn't jumping up and down on me, uh, <laughs> took a more hands-on approach to writing and producing, helping to craft juddering club singles like Bills, Bills, Bills and Bugaboo. The ballad Say My Name quickly became a modern standard. Say my name, say, say my, my name. name. No one is around you. Say, <laughs> baby, I love you. See, I mean, yeah, that's a good tune. That's a banger. Um, let's say, Let's be super honest, though. This is a fucking Beyonce album. This yes. is Beyonce with really good backup singers. And that is undoubtedly the importance of this album is that it is that it's spawned, a Beyonce album. You know, yeah. Yeah. Because and it helped to bring Beyonce to the forefront. And at the same time, I will also say they make reference to how this was like the last gasp of R and B vocal groups. It fucking really was. Like there's been plenty of these weird super dude groups that wind up coming off of shows like um, X Factor out of Great Britain. You know what I mean? Like all these talent-based singing shows, you know, that like sing, that find singing talent. You get these weird boy band groups that get amalgamated out of that, but you don't get any like female super groups amalgamated out of any of those shows. When was Boys to Men? Early, was that before early, this? No, no, no. No, um yes early 90s early to mid 90s okay see this is late it's 99 but like you had en vogue too yeah you know en vogue was like late 80s into the early 90s you had boys to men en vogue but then in the early 2000s that's where you get only the boy bands you know like and sync and the backstreet, backstreet boys, boys. And, and that's oh, more fucking spice girls spice girls that was weird though because that was kind of like dance music yeah like there's even with Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, there's elements of R and B, but it's not R and B. But it's definitely not R and B. Yeah, not like not like En Vogue or what Destiny's, Destiny's Child, Child was doing. You know. Yeah. What do you so, think about this though? No, I mean, I love Beyonce, and this is a Beyonce record. So Beyonce is really, really talented. Her yeah. vocals shine throughout it. Um, but yeah, like whenever I came across a song where she wasn't singing the lead, I was like, but why? You know? <laughs> well, yeah, why not, right? But why did you make that decision is kind of what I, you know, what I was yes. trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's definitely some really catchy tunes on here. Bills, Bills, Bills is good. Bugaboo is good. Um, now so that she's good. gone is good. Did you like So Good? So Good is okay. 
So yeah. good is not g- good. It's okay. <laughs> uh, jumping, jumping was good. Say my name is obviously you know a really, really, really good song. Probably the best song on the on the record just overall in terms of looking back at it now. But I will say, I mean, this is not an album I'm ever really going to go back and listen to ever. You know, yeah. and I think the Me importance neither. of this album is that it that it helped. Beyonce kind of develop her career and the later stuff that she did is going to be something that's a lot more worthwhile than this, in my opinion. Yes, I agree with all of that, with the exception of Say My Name is not the best song on this record. (laughs) It's definitely been the most popular, but I liked, um, I love Temptation. Temptation was super dope, way better than Say My Name. And so was Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills, Bills, Bills may have been like one of my more favorite tracks because one of the things that they did on this record that I loved was like the lyrical content matched up with like the emotional qualities of the vocals yeah, in a way that just made it like seem so authentic. And I loved that. And I liked Bills, Bills, Bills. Bills. That was probably one of my second favorite tunes Terms and I gave that one three stars. Temptation zero stars. Oh, <laughs> fuck you! I wrote down all of the <laughs> commandments though. Do you want to hear them? Ah, uh, yes. I'm gonna read them off real quick. Okay, go. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I, <laughs> but I, I did write down every single one. So, thou shalt not hate. Uh-huh. Again, by the way, just the theme. It int- the introduction of this is like just a silly little skit where they're acting like mafia dons or whatever. It's like, oh, oh Don Beyonce. Yeah. Oh. And then they they decide they want to lay out the commandments, the commandments of relationships, and they are as follows: oh, yeah. Thou shall not hate. Thou mm. shall pay bills. Mm-hmm. Thou shall confess. Mm-hmm. Thou shall not bug. Mm-hmm. Thou shall not give into temptation. Mm-mm. Thou shall not think you got it like that. Mm-mm. Thou shall not leave me wondering. Mm-mm. Thou shall know when he's got to go. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> thou shall move on to the next. Mm-hmm. Thou shall get your party on. Oh hell yeah! Right. <laughs> thou shall say my name. <laughs> I'll say my name, say my name. Thou shall know she can't love you. She can love you. Uh, she can't love you. If thou can wait, then thou <laughs> shall stay. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. That one too. And thou shall cherish life. Oh. Those are the commandments. I actually liked that. I mean, I know that I was mocking like all no, that I love shit your, in there. your uh, additions there. I loved the... I actually, dude, I actually liked how they tried to create some semblance of like thematic flow to the the concept album almost yeah i liked it some of the commandments are questionable you know (laughs) like if you're aiming for the betterment of relationships one of yours is thou shall confess and that song is all about her confessing to her man that she cheated on him and stole from him maybe one of the commandments Maybe one of the commandments should just be to not do those things, you know, rather than confess that you did them. <laughs> you know what I mean? She's literally like, hey, you remember when you looked in your wallet and all your money was gone? It's because I took all my girls shopping and then we went on a vacation with all your money. And I cheated on you while I was on that vacation. So at least I'm telling you about it. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. But, I mean, the counterpoint to that. Is that that's some baller ass shit for a woman to be singing in the late 1990s, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. 
She's basically like, I can thug out just as hard as any other fucking, <laughs> as any other person that wants to talk about banging hoes and fucking doing everything else. I respect the fuck out of it. Early Missy Elliott. That'd be pretty early for her, right? Like mid-cycle. Mid-cycle Missy, I would say. Not super early. She was big enough that she didn't have to sing or rap. Uh. I mean, seriously, because right. that whole fucking song was just Missy going, uh, uh, in the background. Uh, the reason I thought it was early uh, is because they had the little uh, nickname in, you know, in between her. Oh, misdemeanor. It was Missy Misdemeanor Elliot, which I feel like I don't see that much anymore. Well, because now it's just fucking Missy Elliot. <laughs> She's become, yeah. She has become death. Yeah. Um, lots of writing from Beyonce on here, too, though, which I always, I always like to give props to, like, singer like songwriter performers you know because in a lot of pop music you just get people that are just performers they're not writing their own music and she wrote a lot of this yeah that's impressive a lot did of the it. other girls write any of it yeah um i'm trying to think about how those writing credits worked out though because i looked at it and um not sam smith for fuck's sake google Jesus, get with it. Good old Sam Smith. Yeah. Hopefully not on this list. Um, Kelly Rowland has a lot of writing credits, too. Okay. So, and so does Latanya Luckett and Latavia Robertson. Like, a lot of the girls shared a lot of these writing credits across the board. What would you think of The Amazing Grace? I actually really liked it. Yeah, it was nice. Lots of key changes. Mm -hmm. Virtuosic singing, for sure. It's well arranged. She smashes... I can't wait to get into the more exciting Beyonce stuff. Yeah. What's the album that's the big one? Lemonade. That has all the, like, if you like it, then you should have put a ring on it. Has that one on it? No. Oh, that shit. That is not Lemonade. Lemonade is the one that she recorded after the whole incident in the elevator in New York City with Jay-Z, where it was revealed that Jay-Z was cheating on Beyonce, and Beyonce was not very fucking happy with Jay-Z. And who beat up Jay-Z? Solange. Right. That's because I remember it was. Yes, yeah. dude. She beat the fuck out of him in that elevator. Poor Jay-Z. Uh, he's fucking around on Beyonce, dude. He can go cry into his billion dollars. He'll be okay. Yeah, he can go cry into his <laughs> billion dollar pillow right <laughs> yeah. next to fucking Queen B. So Exactly. You know. They got um, over it. Yeah. They were able to work through that shit. Way to go. Good. Way yep. to go, gang. Well, should we pre- um, I guess we didn't Did really we talk Rex? about ups or downs. Yeah, we didn't read Rex, so let's read the Rexinator. Yeah, you read Rex. Okay, he says, whoa, wait a goddamn minute. Really? This album before Weezer, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Big Brother, and The Holding Company? Um, okay, that's when people loved range versus singing power. I don't hate it, but man, do you have to sing with so many trills? Seriously, you can sing. We get it. Should be closer to 400, maybe 375. It's a good point. Mainly the uh, comparison to Big Brother, in my opinion. Like just ver like you know, you're comparing female singers. Yeah, and you're rating Destiny's Child higher than Janis Joplin. Well, that version of Janis Joplin, we haven't seen Pearl. We haven't seen Pearl, but still Janis Joplin. It's Janis Joplin, maybe with her best vocal recording Pro I mean, of all time. Probably, yeah, probably my favorite Janis Joplin, honestly. With on, Peace of My Heart. Yeah. 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 So. Cheap Thrills is a fucking great album. Like, yeah. literally one of my favorites. 
But I don't hate Beyonce. Like, I fucking love Beyonce. I think she's great. Yeah, I think she's really, really good. Like, super, super talented. Um, I agree lower, though, my opinion, for this one. You want to see it at 400? 375 to 400? Between is where it 4 fits and 5, you. I would Ooh, say. okay. Yeah, I don't necessarily want to drop it that low. If you wanted to drop it 35 to 40, I think that's okay. But especially once you get into the more mature Beyonce records, like I think it'll a give you a better appreciation for what she was doing here in this setting. And I think you might, I mean, you might rethink it. You might not. We'll see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm willing to drop it a little bit, but I don't want to drop it a ton. Cause I think it's a really good record. I just really, think really it's good not, stuff. I think it's a pretty good record, but I think it's more about like what came after for me at least. Yeah. And I believe you. In terms of what will endure, you know, yes. in in the in terms of just the music history. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so should we preview next week? Yep. All right. So next week, uh, the first record, and buckle in because it's a long one, uh, but it's a really, really good one too. So at number two ninety, we're going to be talking about the double record from two thousand and three from Outcast, Speaker Box, and the Love Below. And that's the one I was talking about. That's well, well over two hours. Yeah, it's like two fifteen for yeah. both of those records. Two eighty, super dope though. Yeah, no, very, very good. Super dope. Be fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Two eighty nine is Bjork with Post. I love that record. I don't know it. My, ah! I know Bjork a little bit, so I bet I know some of the ton- the tunes off of it. Yeah, that's exciting. She's weird, man. Are you familiar with Army of Me? Is that a song? Yeah, not by name. Wait, actually, I think I am. Now that you, now that I just thought about it for a second, or I'd have to Army hear it real of, quick. Or it's Army of One. It's either Army of Me or Army of One. There's a fish song by this, by the opposite name, um, dude. That whole record. The fish is song really, is really Army good. Army of One. Okay, then it must be. I Army think it's of Army me. of Me is the Bjork, is the Bjork song, and I think I do know that song. Super dope. God, it's so good. Love that record. Okay, 288 after that is um, the debut from The Modern Lovers titled The Modern Lovers from 1976. I don't know that. Don't know it at all. 287 is The Birds, our first Birds record with Mr. Tambourine Man. Yep. And the last one we'll talk about next week from 1999, Californication by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. First Chili Peppers. Yeah, super Probably going to get several of those, right? Probably going to get Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Definitely going to get Stadium Arcadium. Guarantee that. I bet you that's the highest. No, fuck you. I bet you it is, dude. Okay, I will take that. Another? I will oh, take God that bet versus Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Because you're fucking crazy if you don't think that Blood Sugar Sex Magic will be higher than Stadium Arcadium. I feel like that was just such a huge, massive. That's like the that's like the comparing the American Idiot to the Dookie. And American Idiot's higher. For sure. Okay. Here's the, listen, this could be, this is really going to be the very unpopular opinion of the night, but I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. I can see a world where Stadium Arcadium is not on this list. Oh, it's here. It is. You confirmed that? No, but I'm just pretty sure. (laughs) (laughs) I, I would be so monumentally shocked if it wasn't. Are we having another bet? <laughs> How many bets do we have right now? I'm in the hole already. You're in the hole. You're fucking deep in the hole. But um, I mean, yeah, listen, I'll take that bet because I feel really, really good about Blood Sugar Sex Magic. 
All right, that's another bet established. We'll figure out the stakes later. But. Fuck me. Listen, I'm super sorry to do this, but did you scroll down beyond fucking red hot chili peppers? I did. I, God, <laughs> fuck. God, fuck. <laughs> what the fuck, man? That's their only other album. All three. Fucking fuck you. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, it's another big star record, Jesus guys. Jesus Christ. Mike doesn't like big star that much. I mean, I guess. <laughs> what the fuck, man? At least it's not, uh, you know what's the band i can't remember their names right now jesus fucking brian eno no the <laughs> other one the same week oh god roxy this fucking is not music. roxy music <laughs> hey we liked the big star we liked the second one more i liked the second one a lot yeah you maybe you're gonna like the second more. one a lot more anyway but fuck me dude jesus this is all fuck. three of their albums are the only albums they ever made are on the best of all time that's that's an impressive accomplishment it's fucking absurd, dude. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is absurd. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, how Sorry, have I, like, how have I grown up and never fucking heard the band Big Star before? Apparently they're the best band of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Literally every single record they <laughs> yeah. ever made is on the list. Yeah. That's how fuck. Second only to Kanye West. Jesus. So sorry, everyone. Fucking <laughs> so fucking sorry Jeez. all right guys well thank you again for tuning in as always we'll see you next week yep absolutely with more big star yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right this sucks 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 this sucks